everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it eight episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we did, uh, we got a recommend, like, right as we were finishing Reply 1988, we got a show recommended to us that was short and sweet, and we decided to just watch it all at once, because it, it was only eight episodes long, and the episodes themselves were really short. It's called One Day Off, and you can find it on Viki, and it is a total of, each episode is only, it's less than half an hour, not, none of the episodes exceed the 30 minute mark and um and yeah eight episodes half an hour each that's four hours that's what we were doing back when we started play on k four hours a week um so yeah we decided to just 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 do it all and it was such a sweet drama it was a good one to binge thank you so much to mikey d for this recommendation it's so good it's so good it's it's just wholesome. It's wholesome and easy to turn on, and it feels like an, watching an indie film. Like, every episode kind of speaks to my hipster heart, where <laughs> if we had watched this one ten years ago, before we before it was out, before we ever started doing this podcast, but back when I was, you know, deep into being the most hip hipster, the most exhaustingly hip hipster, this would have been... <laughs> everything to me. This would have been my all-time favorite drama because it feels like watching um like a like a Wes Anderson film almost or oh, yeah. Like a little bit more like Royal Tenenbaums Wes Anderson, I'd say, and less like some of Wes Anderson's newer stuff which really leans into the Wes Anderson aesthetic of everything is pastels. <laughs> you know, like this doesn't have oh. that. But uh, it does have, like, that that vibe, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I got Wes Anderson vibes. I was never quite as into Wes Anderson as you were, so I did not make the distinction between films. I would never <laughs> have been able to name which one it was most like, but I loved it. I loved the vibes, the camera work, the angles, the music. Oh my god, I've been listening to it for two days straight now, just like playing it on the Google Home. I love it. Jason loves it. We're just into the vibes of this show. And I got him to watch one episode with me, and we were both like, okay, so how do we do this in our own lives? How do we give each other a day off that we can just go wander around Tokyo and get lost and, you know, cater to our whims? Just go talk to people. Just go follow the snail bread girl to wherever she takes us. Like, how do we do this for each other? And I was like, this is this is so exciting. I'm so glad he was as into it as I was. It, yeah, it's such a charming show. It reminded me of Wes Anderson, and I read a book once called A Year in Provence by, I think the author is Peter Mayle, and it's about him moving to the French countryside into like an old rundown house and it's the year that they're that he and his wife are first living there and they're like building the house they're renovating it and it's all the like fun people who live out in the countryside in like small towns everywhere in the world all these quirky characters and they're all the all the different things they do at different times of year (laughs) oh it's beautiful it's very poetic i love that book and that that's what this show was giving. Like, yes. just living life day to day. 
cast of quirky characters. I loved the feeling of meeting a new character and knowing that most of the the vast majority of the people she meets when she's traveling we're not going to see again. It's they the episodes do a really good job of giving these people a storyline with the understanding that, you know, their story keeps going but it's not going to be part of this story anymore, right? So you don't feel like it's a loose end. When you, I, at least I didn't feel like it was a loose end when we never see the, f- the filmmaker that she had a crush on, a day long yes. crush on ever again, where it was just like, yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. Have you ever had like a day long crush on, on a person? Not like, gosh, <laughs> anything like deep, right? I, I even think of like, when I was quite young, um, I was very prone to it <laughs> when I'd go to debate tournaments. And there would be, ah. like, a, a guy at the debate tournament that I'd think, oh, he's really good at this, and so so handsome, I don't know, like, dumb teenager stuff, right? But I would be like, it would be a day-long crush, and then we'd go home, and it would be over. That's fair. Yeah, I guess I had one at a drama camp that I went to that was just, like, two or three days and I met a guy, and we... It was drama camp, okay? I won't go into the details. We pretended that we had a child together. It was less weird than it sounds. I'm sh- I, I know it's gotta be. It's I'm exactly so sorry. As weird as I'll, take that, I'll take that face back. I'm so sorry. Um, I did panic. But then I was like, Welcome drama camp, Welcome to my dark Raquel. history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... I was a drama kid, but like, a weird drama kid. <laughs> Still kind of am, guys. Um, Who among and us? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. We parted ways and never talked again. And that was fine. And that's it. And that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, Man. Did you have a favorite episode? Oh, probably the bread one. Same. What? Yeah, that was definitely my favorite. Close, close, close second was the episode where she runs into the author of her favorite childhood book or like her favorite books when she was like a teenager um i loved that one too because i loved i think that they characterized a really wonderful idea of meeting a hero um in in the context of that hero just being a person right a cool person that you could just sit down and have a meal with and isn't that kind of the dream when when you have a person you really admire their work or their art or their you know whatever they're putting out in the world and you think that they're so wonderful and i have a thing where i actually would be very nervous about meeting any of my heroes because it it is not the norm, right? That you would get to sit down and have a meal with them and have tea and go to the um, the observatory or whatever with them. Uh, th- that's not what you're going to get out of that interaction. And it's always made me very nervous to think that I I am so impacted by their work and there, there would not be... <sighs> It's not that they wouldn't have appreciation for me, you know, having appreciation for them or whatever the case may be, but it you wouldn't get that same um, vulnerability and interaction. And it's so intimidating to meet your heroes because what if they don't live up to your expectation or um, you want to be sure to treat them like a person first, even though they've changed your life in some way, right? Where it's like, I, I just get so in my own head about it. And so I loved that one because it was such a good 
Uh, it was such a good way to characterize that feeling of getting to meet your hero, but in a way that was still personable and sweet and easy, and I, I just liked it a lot. Oh, I like that that's what you got from it, because I feel like I took it very much at face value for the art, where they did so many different aspects in this episode that they didn't try in other episodes, where it was reversed. A lot of it was going back yeah. in time throughout the episode, and there were little quirks of, like, fate brought you here, and she's writing this story that really reflects some of the things that you're going through, and there's this beautiful, like, montage of the art that she's writing about that's mixed in with all the space themes from, yeah, the observatory that they go to, and it's just a neat little piece of work. Yeah. Just watching it and trying to absorb it was plenty enough for me. Yeah, having the, the animated aspect was really cool in that episode. Yeah. But then they also give you the cherry on top of, like, yeah, meeting your hero and being able to give something to them that they had started to lose for themselves. Where obviously she's not, like, completely depressed and losing losing hope, but she's very much like, I don't regret it, but I don't know if it was all worth it. And she has this person in front of her who's able to say it was absolutely worth it for me, and... Maybe that's selfish, but you the, what you did, what you sacrificed for all those years meant the world to me. And like, oh, that's such a beautiful moment for these two. Yes. And it's Ugh. so funny juxtaposed between next to them at a restaurant uh, just a few hours before, eating in silence and being so awkward together. Yes. I love also that our main character was just a naturally awkward person. Yes! She just was, and that was okay, because she was still wonderful and making connections with people despite being so uncomfortable in most of those situations, and it is very lovely. And all of her students said that she was their favorite teacher. It didn't take away from different aspects of her life. It wasn't holding her back that she's reserved and shy and a little bit awkward. It was just a part of her, and people could see that and appreciate that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's very Excuse sweet. me. I feel like my voice is just going to go in and out because I had a cold last week, and now <laughs> it's just, you know, struggle city. It's sticking around. We're doing, we're doing the most, <laughs> huh, there? Oh, Mr. Cold. Thanks, man. I can't decide whether my favorite episode was the first one, where she goes to the temple, or episode six, where she it's a really rainy day, and she's just kind of walking around the city. Because I feel like they are almost two sides of the same coin, where she's very much showing us who she is as a person in very different contexts, where in the first context, you get her going to this temple and everybody expecting her to engage in certain activities and to stay for a certain amount of time and to do all these things that she's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go do my own thing. And you, you start to get to know this character who's like, who's wandering and you're not really sure why, but she's 
very determined to make the most of it. She's not here to do all the just prescribed activities. She's going to go find her own path. And you see that again in episode six, except she's kind of in her hometown. She's in her area. So she keeps running into people that she knows and people keep calling her. And she's people are trying to pull her back into her real life responsibilities, her quote unquote real life responsibilities. And she just says no, as much as she did in the first episode to all the people at the temple. She keeps just saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pick up the phone right now. I'm not going to go to dinner with you guys. I'm not going to do these certain things because it's my day off. And I really, I feel like that was a great, I don't know, rule book for trying this out in your own life of like, Whether you are far away from your comfort zone or you are right in your own backyard, there are going to be people who tell you how to live your life and how to live your vacation days even. And don't listen to all that. Just keep saying no. Keep doing what you feel is right and you'll be fine. Yeah. Like have a plan. And maybe the plan is I will not be making plans. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, maybe the plan is as simple as I'm going to go outside even though it's raining. Yeah. And maybe the plan is as big as I'm going to climb that mountain and get to the temple even though I was dropped off at the wrong stop. Yeah. I love... I feel like I don't want to build it up to be, you know, more than it was, but it is interesting how much I think I personally needed a drama like this about someone who just does things, who doesn't do things because she's over-romanticized travel, right? Because I don't want to throw shade at anyone who just loves to travel and it is, like, always a remarkable experience for them or whatever the case may be. But for me, travel is very stressful. And I am reaching a point... Man, I I kind of ended our pre-show chat that you can find on our Patreon with this idea as well that I have, in recent years, found it very hard to even leave the house. Um... And I loved her idea of saying, I travel for just one day because I don't like the idea of sitting still, but I don't really want to do things because that makes it such an attainable thing to me where I, yeah, I get kind of overwhelmed by trip planning and travel or even just like planning a night out, right? I, I find it difficult. I find it difficult to pick the quote-unquote right restaurant or the right activity or the right time that everyone wants to go and uh and including me right where by the time I've planned it usually I'm exhausted and I kind of don't want to do it anymore (laughs) I kind of I'd kind of just rather cancel um but yeah this show was just so sweet and simple about the idea of just getting on the bus and going to a place or Walk like you said, just it's raining, but just go out for a walk anyway. I I really really liked that, and I this week started to feel really cooped up and took a page out of her book and hopped in the car and just took a drive because I was so cooped up and I just never leave the house anymore and I just make a, such a big deal out of it when I do and I find it so exhausting to do things. And it was so nice to get in the car with the expectation that I don't have to get out of the car. I don't have to be seen by people. I don't have to see people. I don't have to talk to people. 
I can just go and let my mind wander safely like I was driving. But, you know, I can just put on music and drive around and clear my mind and get out of the house and stop feeling so cooped up. And it was very nice. Aww, that is nice. See, that's so interesting, though. I feel like I've started to do the opposite, where having not driven in such a long time, like three (laughs) years or something, I have realized that I have a little bit of a fear of driving. Like, I have a lot of nightmares that involve driving. And when I think about having to drive, I get really nervous, and it doesn't make me feel calm. Like, I remember the feeling you described when I was a teenager and being like, just getting in the car and driving is such a relaxing thing. And now as an adult, I'm like, I would so much rather be here in Tokyo where I can get on a train and be in a different city, like a completely different part of the country in just 40 minutes versus like the States. If you drive for 40 minutes, you are maybe still in the same city, but probably just on the freeway in the middle of nowhere if you're from the part of the states that we're from. And that just doesn't sound as appealing, where, like, she can be in a completely different part of the country within just a couple hours. Yeah. And I love that for my life here, which I can't afford to do. Like, that was the other part of the show, is that she's like, I work my ass off six days a week so that I can enjoy this one day a week. But, yeah, for myself, I was like, I don't know if I would be able to feel that same way in the States, where hopping in a car and going for a drive somewhere makes me really nervous. Yeah. And I don't know if it would bring that relaxation that she gets by getting up at 6am or whatever and hopping on a train and just being able to zone out completely. Not even that 50% that you can do while driving, but 100% zoned out. Even like she fell asleep in the episode where she went to see the cartoonist and just like wake up and be in a different place. That's so foreign, I guess. Yeah. And that's what I want. That's what I want. I did on my drive. I didn't know that there was a train station in the place that I ended up driving to. I just like hopped on a road and drove that I I know fairly well. That is also like a fun uh, catch to the driving around thing is depending on the city that you're in and how well you know it, you could end up in a really rough place. There's a place in Albuquerque that's referred to as the war zone. So I didn't go in that direction. I went in the direction I knew vaguely, but I didn't know there was a train station out there. And I went and parked at the train station until the train arrived and I watched it you know, come and drop off a couple of commuter passengers. It was a weekday. And then when it left, I also left the parking lot. Just, I just went and saw the train. I do love, I love a train. I love trains. Um, Same. They're big the best. train fan. Yeah, big train fan. <laughs> love to ride them, love to see them. Big train fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, discovered where the train was in relation to me. And Aww. then I on my way back, took a route that took me past a place I actually knew. It was where I had Maurice, my dog, trained. But I didn't know that the route that I took was a way to get out there. I knew it was kind of somewhat in that general direction, but I drove for long enough that I found a familiar place, and then I knew how to get home, and that was kind of sweet, too. So, Aww. 
Yeah. The way you describe it is really nice. It just doesn't, it's just so unfamiliar now. Like it's been so long since I've driven anywhere that especially driving in a city just makes me really, really nervous. And I'm like, okay, now I can't leave. Now that I'm watching One Day Off, I want this life. (laughs) And, uh, being able to travel alone as a female uh, and yeah, just hop that's a on a thing. train and go anywhere. thats I'm going to stay in Tokyo. Thank it, you. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you here, but I get it. That, that is a big wait. thing that driving my car around in my is also a much safer option in other ways. <laughs> Where if I'm going on a little solo mish. That feels that feels pretty safe with a full tank of gas and a fully charged cell phone. Yep. You gotta have that. You gotta make sure. You cannot end up in a situation where you are at a truck stop in the middle of nowhere and you're like, I've lost my credit card and I took yeah. the bus to get here and What's you just that like? hope that you run into your fellow teacher. Yeah. Um, no ma'am. No no no. No. What what is that even like? <laughs> Trust no one is what we learn here in the States. Everyone's out to murder you. <laughs> okay. And we get it. There's still murders in Korea. We are aware of that, but we can idealize a little yeah. bit. There's a there's a general air of safety, I feel. Just if you're talking, like, crime rate-wise, like, violent crime rate-wise, there's probably an air of statistical safety. Yep. Mm. So I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna stay in Tokyo. I get it. I mourn it, but I understand it. And in a way, I'm comforted because you're (laughs) safe there. (laughs) I am. I feel safe. Oh, yeah. Because this show makes you want to live the show. Yes. And like a little bit in a toxic way where you're like, I don't want this one day a week. I want this six days. That's what Jason said immediately <laughs> after the episode. He's like, isn't the whole concept that she does it one day a week? Why can't we live lives where we're not under capitalist rule and we can live like that six days a week and work one day a week? I was like, Jason, I'm right behind you. I don't know what the answer is, but I get it. <laughs> yes, you design the world. I'll live in it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, but that yeah, is the dream. It's it's the life I want. Um, I am upset. Okay, so the bread episode made me. <laughs> my thirtieth birthday is coming up. We have a plan, uh, s- sort of as a thing to do with a couple of our friends for my birthday. And now I just want to cancel it and reschedule just like a like a br- like a bakery crawl, right? <laughs> like a can we just hit all of the places that do fresh bread for my birthday? Can that be the thing we do where we all just walk around and get bags of bread and then we go home and we all try all of the bread we bought all day cuz that is all I wanted by the end of that episode. That was so good. They, yeah, they sucker punched me that episode, so that's all I can remember. (laughs) Yeah, that's all so fair. That was the episode. I was doing fine. I was like, this show isn't even going to make me cry. And then the last two episodes said, did you really think that? Did you believe that in your heart? (laughs) What if we take your best friend away? Oh, no, no, please don't. What if this little bread girl's mom, what if she's looking for bread for her mom's ancestral rights? Okay, what if she, what if that was the case and my heart was broken? <gasps> oh, why are you doing this? 
Right. You took this one day off. We're such a happy-go-lucky show. We did so well. We were just having a good time. We were so whimsical. (laughs) (laughs) There was so much whimsy. We could have just had whimsy. (laughs) And then they get you. They get you in the final moments of episode seven. Oh, they just ask those bakers, like, do people still use bread for ancestral rites? And it hits you so hard. We haven't seen her mom. No. <laughs> and then crying. <laughs> and then crying for the next 35 minutes. Because they're not going to let you up. They're not going to let you stop for the next episode. What I did love about the final episode that I thought was artful and lovely was that they waited until the very last episode to introduce the devastating but very, very wonderful reason of why she just travels and she doesn't make a big deal about it. And she, and it was, it was like her origin story to why she does all of this. And it was so lovely. It was so, so lovely. I, and devastating and sweet and her friend's sweet smile and ha- what a curmudgeon she was when she was a teenager. And her friend oh, just drawing worst. her out. Yeah, she was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I feel like that really reinforced the kind of like realistic part of travel that you talked about earlier, where like when you and I think of travel, we think of buying plane tickets and arranging schedules and making sure your tank is full and like all of the all of the little things that have to get done so that your travel can be perfect. And I love that they showed that in the past, she was more like that, that that's what she thought travel was, is just this, like, terrible excuse to do a bunch of chores, only to end up in a town 40 minutes away that's not that much more exciting. And now you see her, and she's like, everything's exciting, and maybe it's because I'm getting older, but a little piece of bread is exciting now. And following a little girl around a town is the best way I could spend my vacation. And revisiting old spots that I used to come to with my friends is perfect. And it's like all these things that she used to overthink and not appreciate. And you're like, that's where I'm at. I'm at the overthinking and not appreciating. And I just, yeah, it was that gentle reminder of like, She is not, no offense to Instagram influencers, she is not the Instagram influencer out here being like, travel is perfect. Travel is easy and pristine, and we should all do it because it makes you zen or whatever. She's like, no, travel kind of sucks, but you just go with the flow and you'll enjoy it. And like appreciate every little thing about it. Yes, and it was like it was about... The show itself kind of ended up being about the people she connected with, but that's not why she travels, right? She doesn't go out to make all of these deep, vulnerable connections with new people. She just travels because it makes her not want to disappear. It just, it helps her mind wander. It helps her feel okay the other six days of the week. And that's a perfectly adequate reason to travel. And yeah, it wasn't about and and I just make all these deep connections. There was no pretension behind yes. her traveling. It was just what she does. And it was very sweet. Yeah. And I think we are, maybe just me, 
I am bombarded with pretension around travel nowadays, especially on social media. So I really appreciated the, like, it can be as small as taking a walk around your neighborhood and as easy as just talking to one person. It doesn't have to be big and fancy. It doesn't have to be difficult. Just go outside. It'll help your mind. I promise it'll help your mind. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I it's love a good, it. I'll do it. It's a good it. message. Yeah. Um, oh. One last thing I have, and then I'm good with anything else that we have to talk about, but I did... I Here's the thing. I didn't even play official Who's That Face. I played half-assed. Where do I know that guy from? Waited two episodes, and then I was like, oh yeah, I know that guy from this show. Uh, I am pretty sure that the weird, hilarious author from the first episode that was at the temple that made her go get tea with him and had like already written her story and how interested she was in him and his head. Uh, <laughs> he, I think, was the journalist in Flower of Evil. Yeah, right? he totally was. Yes, oh, you're so I did good it. at that game. I did it. Took me I a while. I just looked them all up after the show. <laughs> Where are all these people from? Oh, that's a really good one. Our main character. Sorry, I should talk to my mic. Jesus, <laughs> I was grabbing my notebook. Um, Park Ha Kyung was played by Lina Young, who I was unfamiliar with. I hadn't seen her in anything before, but she is the female lead in Romance is a Bonus Book. Oh. Which what? is like a K-drama everyone at least knows the name of. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know the name of it. I also haven't seen her in anything else. She, Most of the cast of characters I had not seen in dramas before. It felt like a really fresh cast. In fact, the author slash journalist was the only actor I had seen that I can think of. I know we know both of the older ladies. There was... The grandma of the little girl. Gosh, she was in something we just watched, too. Well, now we got pull up Asian Wiki. <laughs> well, well, Asian Wiki segue. Okay, I misspoke on the comic book author. She has been in everything ever created and nothing that we have seen. So Whoa. that's on me. <laughs> yeah. That's us. That's an us thing. That's, that's us. Um, but... The grandma from Jeju Island, I was right. She was in 39. She oh. was the orphanage director. Oh, I I, am, I like to pride myself in my ability to play Who's That Face. Does not surprise me that I didn't catch that one, though. I do, I, you could say, think of, think about the orphanage director from 39, and I would say, that person does not have a face in my mind. I don't know her. I've never met her. Thank I've you. I've never met her. <laughs> um, there's one more, but you haven't seen it. It's the guy, the love interest from the Busan Film Festival. The actor who plays him is also in a movie called Kill Soon that you and I are going to watch. It's on our little watch party list. Ooh. We're going to do but a I've watch But I've only party. seen half of it. <laughs> <laughs> you got halfway through and you're like, this needs to be a watch party movie. It's too good. We need to watch it together. <laughs> yes. Oh, see, now you do have to come back here. I'm torn because you do have to come back to the states so we can do little watch party slumber parties. That's true. That's true. 
Oh. Those are the only Who's That Faces that I got. Yeah. Those are good ones. They're good, right? Mm -hmm. I did click on quite a few actors who had just, like, pages upon pages of things that they'd been in. Of course. (laughs) And I thought that was really impressive. I was like, they got a stellar cast for this. It's incredible that we've seen none of them, but I feel like they got a bunch of, maybe, maybe there are different genres within genres, which is to say, these are the actors that are out there doing a lot of film acting, a lot of maybe like plays. They're the type that will be in indie films or like indie-like films, award-winning films you know, films. And then there's this the stuff that we watch, which also is award-winning, but it's winning different awards, right? It's winning, like, <laughs> best, action, best in action films of 2021 or something. Mm-hmm. We're only watching drama series, which really limits us. I looked up this director, whose name is Lee Jong-pil, and he's been an actor in a bunch of stuff, but the stuff he's directed has won... Plenty of awards, <laughs> especially one that I really wanted to watch. Okay, there's two that I really want to watch. The two that won awards are Samjin Company English Class, which also has a stellar cast, and it seems like three ladies trying to educate themselves move up in the world. And like maybe I'll just add in the storyline maybe they're overthrowing capitalism at the same time. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Because if they are, then it's the perfect movie. <laughs> It's the perfect movie. So, like, it's okay if they don't also do that. It might be too good. Um, Another one is The Sound of a Flower, which I have no idea what it's about, except that it stars Susie Bay, and it's oh, by this director. We so simply like, must watch it. <laughs> Sir, we simply must. Thank you. It's gonna be good. Um, So, we're getting on movies now. We've got quite the list of movies that we've got to watch. Yeah, maybe we can do taste breakers like this every once in a while, where we watch a movie and then review it. Just one quick review, then we get back oh, into the drama. That's a good idea. Because I really liked this as just yeah, like a like a quick yeah taste breaker palate cleanser. A quick. We thought we would move then right into another K drama. And so moving from Reply 1988 to any other K-drama would have been a hard jump. Mm-hmm. We do terrible news coming up. Sorry, guys. We do <laughs> actually need to take a break. We're yeah. going to take a couple weeks off so that I can graduate and not die. Yeah. So yeah. Um, as I finish my capstone, we'll take a break. Emily does amazing things. I find doing my full-time job really, really exhausting, but... Even still, I know that I can handle my full-time job significantly better than I could personally handle doing a capstone project on top of any, literally anything else. Literally anything <laughs> else. And so, I, I'm gonna take the time to just, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll take that time to really focus in on this audiobook narration course that I've been doing. You know, uh, just a couple extra hours a week to, to dig into that. But, most importantly, Emily's going to have a master's degree, so... Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, uh, in three months, I'll have a master's degree. I finished the capstone project this month, and then they take two months to grade it. So it's... Then, then we wait. <laughs> we just wait. Um, so we'll be back during that the time that we're just waiting, but the yeah. time when Emily has a lot on her plate, we're just going to take a couple weeks off. I We're looking... 
estimate here. We'll keep you updated. But it's looking like maybe about two-ish weeks. Two-ish to three weeks. Yeah. And then we'll be back on our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. So send us your dramas for when we are back. We're going to put some some up on our Patreon so our patrons can vote on what we watch next. But in the meantime, get on there. Send us an email. Let us know what you want us to watch next. You can always email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or we have uh, our website where you can... That's not like a great outreach place. That's maybe not the, the smoothest segue. But what is there are our links to our affiliates, our episodes. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. So that is all at playonk.com. Yeah, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash playonk. And that's where we have last week's bonus episode video. That is for free if you want to just go check it out. Mm -hmm. But we also have our subscriber-exclusive content, like extra long episodes and notes on each episode. All of it is at playonk or patreon.com slash playonk. Yeah, and then uh, while Patreon is the best maybe monetary place to support us, the very best freest way to support us is just word of mouth, where you can rate, review, or subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us right now. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us, and we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, we are also on social media, so you can say hi there. We are unofficially back off social media. You know, sometimes you just need a mental break, so I'm sorry if we don't get back to your messages very quickly. We're not on social media much right now, but we're on Twitter at PlayOnK, on Instagram at PlayOnK Podcast, and on TikTok at PlayOnK underscore Emily, if you do want to find us. Yeah, and I think that's just about it. So um, we're headed into a break, so I won't do the we'll see you next week, but we will see you really shortly. It's not going to be a very long break, and we can't wait to see you guys soon. Okay, bye! Okay, bye. Bye-bye.